Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 14.50 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Tuesday, January 16th. Third Tuesday of the month, which means we catch up with things going on in Holland Public Schools with Holland School Superintendent Nick Cassidy. On the other side of our table this morning, Nick, good morning and Happy New Year. Good morning, Gary. Thanks for having me. I'd like to extend the Happy New Year throughout the month to all of our regular guests on their first visit for 2024. Yeah, it's going to be a stop, great year. So. Stop and think for a minute. Okay. 2024. Class of 2014, 10-year reunion. Class of 2004, 20-year reunion. You've been around to see when they got their sheepskins. Kind of wonder if they come back. Hmm. Things have changed in the district, and they've changed probably too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> they have. Yeah. Those dates make me feel old. That's for sure. So. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about the present with Holland Public Schools with Nick Cassidy. And if you have a question for Nick, 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. Winter delayed is not winter deferred. We found that out not only last Friday when we had pretty much a region-wide snow day, but coming into the beginning part of this week, some school districts had to cancel classes yesterday that had classes scheduled for the Martin Luther King holiday. Uh, some others did cancel classes today. And this is a good time to go into some of the rationale, some of the thinking that goes to a superintendent when they have to make the call, no school today because of weather. What goes into it in your mind there, Nick? Yeah, I mean, well, stu staff and student safety is always the first thing. Um, I'll tell you, as a superintendent coming in, this is one of the things I hate doing the most um, is making this call because it impacts it impacts our family's ability to go about their day, especially if we cancel school. We know it becomes a daycare issue for some. Um, you know, we also know that we are um, we provide meals for our kids. We provide you know safety and security for them during the day, and that structure that's needed. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. Like this morning, I was up at 4.30 to start driving the roads and checking them out. We have a transportation director looking at it, too. So we're looking at the roads, not not just the roads and whether or not um, our vehicles can make it up, but what does the weather forecast look like? How much snow is coming in? Are the plows up? Are the sidewalks there? As we have a ton of walkers um, in in the city of Holland, um, but then we look at a facilities. You know, um, you know, from a f facilities perspective, if we have uh, you know a boiler go down at a school that we can't get up running and we don't have heat, that could cause it. Um, and you know, looking at staff shortages, if this is combined with staff sickness and everything else, you know, it, that could go into the factor, uh, go in as a factor, but. You know, constant communication with the other districts around as well about what they're thinking and what they're seeing. Um, you know, because that does play into it too. It's really tough to be the only person out there that still has school, and it's definitely tough to be the only person out there that cancels school. So, 
um, trying to get those in and in knowing that our responsibility is to serve our kids in this community. So our primary goal is to get them there, but we have to make sure that it's going to be safe for our kids. The other side of the coin is primary responsibility, not to get the kids only there, get them safely home. Sometimes when the early morning isn't too bad, but the afternoon might not look so promising, then you've got to make some tough choices. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was our worry on Friday is we were thinking, okay, we're going to be able to get the kids to school um, just fine on Friday, but getting them home is going to be going to be really tough with the way that was forecasted. It was supposed to start at 9 a.m. I'll tell you, we could have had school Friday. I was just sitting there. It didn't really start snowing at my house until almost 3. I was like, we could have definitely had school. So, um, But I, I think one of the other things that we have to, and people forget about a lot, is you know, the safety of our student drivers. Um, when we have some kids who, like, I mean, especially these first snows and coming in early on in the winter, they haven't driven in snow and stuff before. So that's, we always have to consider what that looks like too. Adult drivers can make it in. I worry about our student drivers with stuff like this today. If you have a question for Nick Cassidy, the Holland School Superintendent, 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. One of the re- weather-related question in terms of deciding when to hold classes or when to call for classes to be canceled or perhaps let out early, which really becomes a dicey thing because especially for parents and guardians that have to take care of daycare, and have to make a last-second juggling of their own schedule. Does the factor of okay, we've called two so far this year, and I'll just—I'm throwing this number. I don't know how yeah. many this is. School year has been. We're done. given six that we're guaranteed. That's the yeah. point I was going to make. Yep. Do you start thinking, hey, we've already called five. If we call six, and they're calling for more inclement weather later in the week, do you sort of? hesitate a little bit about pulling the trigger on that? Well, I mean, student safety is going to be first and foremost. Um, If, uh, you know, so if we have to make the call, we have to make the call. Um, The state has been really good for for granting forgiveness of those if we've gone over. I know a couple, I think my first year when I stepped in as interim and then that year, I think we had nine days that year. Um, um, And so you can apply for it with, you know, these are reasons that we've had it and these are the reasons that we called it and have been granted that and haven't had to make it up. Um, I haven't been, since I've been in Holland, so now 11 years, I can't ever remember us needing to make up days. Um, But it it factors into it a little bit when you start thinking through of like, okay, we're on the border of doing that. But if it's really bad, that's not going to factor in at all. When there is a snow day, classes are canceled, students do not report to school, does staff, do teachers, do support staff report as is a work day, or do they get the call off too? Yeah, so um, we've changed things a little bit this year going through. Traditionally, um, our teachers have not reported. Uh, Some of our support staff come in and hourly employees um, you know, have, you know, either had to use, you know, a personal day to continue to get paid on that. And, you know, we had different codes and what we really are trying to figure out is since we've, since we've budgeted for this already, we need to make sure that we're supporting the people who are, might be dependent on this paycheck the most. And so we've adjusted some of those calls where it's been, you know, um, for building level staff, um, teachers, instructional assistants and stuff like that, where they're not, uh, not, 
required to report, and we're continuing with that. But our administrators still need to um, to operate, get stuff ready for the buildings to go. So central office and building administrators. But we've tried to offer some more flexibility on remote work for them if, if it's at all possible to. Yeah, if some of the instructors might need to get into the classroom yeah. to prepare, even if there's not a class that day, they need to do future preparations. Yeah, we, we always have to be ready, and um, it's a good time for you know, catching up on grading and stuff like that too, which even if we don't have school, I guarantee you um, on Friday, our teachers were still doing a million things uh, school-related to catch up. Again, if you have a question for Nick Cassidy, the Holland School Superintendent, 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. Let's move forward uh, in the district. And something that's coming up, in the first week of February, Big Opportunity Week, going from February 5th through the 9th. Explain a little bit about what this week is, Nick, and what the district wants to do or intends to do with this Opportunity Week. Yeah, so, I mean, historically, we've really referred to this as Kindergarten Roundup Week, um, you know, where each of our schools are open and they have an open house to come in and meet the teachers, administrators, tour the schools. Um We've expanded that. It's still kindergartners. You know, we want all future, you know, uh, Holland students coming in and meeting, but also opening it up to people who may live in the district or in the area who haven't been, haven't um, been in Holland yet. If they want to come in and meet them, you're more than welcome. So that's why we've kind of changed the wording on that a little bit. But um, it's a great opportunity to come out and hear about the programming that we have, um, not only at the elementary schools, but also at the middle school uh, and high school. I know at the high school, they've changed it to find your fit, um, you know, day and, and a big part of it is showcasing the clubs and activities that we have. And um, really, as a district, we've really been sharing that message about who we are and the sweet spot that we're in. We are nowadays we're considered a smaller school in terms of some of the schools that we're surrounded by. We're, you know, we're a smaller school, but we still have these big opportunities and programs that are usually offered in a much bigger school district. So it really becomes a sweet spot for, for families who um, may feel overwhelmed in a really big school, but want those same opportunities. And this is a great opportunity to come out to the schools and hear a little bit about what our neighborhood schools and our middle and high schools uh, schools have to offer. Moving a little bit, but along those same lines, Nick, and maybe you as superintendent can't fully answer this because it's more towards uh, uh, the high school itself, but those, especially juniors in high school, this is probably a good time for them to start thinking about their plans after graduation next year. Do they want to go to college? Do they want to go to maybe uh, a, a you know Grand Rapids CC? Do they want to go to a trade school? Perhaps a stint in the military might be possible. What does the district, I wouldn't say offer, but what comes into play to help these soon-to-be Holland High graduates move on to the next phase of their lives? Yeah, so we have an awesome counseling department at the high school who – you know, is constantly working with our students and in educating them on what the possibilities are. You know, obviously we have we have great numbers of going on to college. You know, we have sixty percent of our students going on to 
to you know colleges. We have 30% going to selective universities. What we're starting to see is that pendulum swinging a little bit where the trades are being you know, sought out more and more by kids as the demand has gone up. And which is something that we've kind of, as a society, we've kind of missed the mark on that over the last, you know, 20 years or so where we've kind of pushed college more. Um, but I think it's that education and talking about opportunities for the kids um, and giving that exposure. We've been trying to work with some some more businesses around here of about what internships and apprenticeships look like, where they can not only get that experience in the job site, but also where these uh, where some of these companies are then paying for college going through with training that's relevant for them. Um, so I think more than anything, it's just exposure with it and knowing our kids and encouraging them to do that. Um, we met with a, a company that wants to offer some, uh, you know, apprenticeships through their company. And when the counselors were there, they're like, Hey, we have, you know, all these kids that we feel would be really good fits for this. And, um, and then encouraging them to, to pursue that. So I, I think there's a lot that's going into it. We have the tech center is still a possibility for so many of our kids um, that are going there for their junior and senior years. Um, we have some different early college programs offered here. And then also we, um, we also have a partnership with Hope where we're looking at um, encouraging some students to go into education. We have the Hope for Teachers program there and then also the Future uh, Educators program at Holland High School. So really just trying to expose kids to opportunities earlier and earlier. And I think you understand why I brought that up after the big opportunity week, because it's sort of like these families are getting funneled into Holland Public Schools. Yep. Kids go through the schools, and then once they graduate from Holland High, they branch out. And so <laughs> looking at both ends of the spectrum to a certain extent uh, with that experience. 616-395-1450, uh, Let me talk about Tuesday, January 23rd. That's a week from today where it is January family night. Uh, and it's uh, this time it's going to be understanding special education 504s and multilingual learner supports. Yeah, so we've we've started a series of of parent nights to educate um, educate and inform our families on different topics. And this is one that is very confusing for a lot of families and one that we want to make sure that our parents have the tools and resources to be able to advocate for themselves and their kids. Um, and our special education department and curriculum departments kind of tag team putting this on. So it's January 23rd at HLA. Um, we'll be we'll have a hot dog dinner that night. Um, I know we're switching it up from our normal pizza um, that uh, will start at 530 there. But um, bring your kids out, you know, you can, they can wear PJs coming in, um, <laughs> and have some, uh, read along with Herrick district library there at the night while then parents will participate in breakout sessions to learn about these different, um, different aspects of services that can be offered through our student services department. One other thing I want to bring up before we take a break. And if you have a question for Nick Cassidy, the superintendent of Highland Public Schools, 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. Normally, when you stop in and join us on the third Tuesday of the month, it's the morning after the uh, monthly Highland Board of Education meeting. And one topic that was discussed in workshop and looking ahead, strategic plan. Or the, the strategic goals. Yes. I think that's 
correct me how I phrased it wrong. I apologize if I, I did. Well, I think both are both are correct. So we've been working on um, revisiting our strategic plan for over a year now, and have had several different feedback sessions with community members, um, teachers, students, administrators board members multiple times and have come in and, and tweaked it to make sure. And we feel that we're we're at a place right now where this, our strategic plan is reflective of who we are and is going to help guide us as we, as we take Holland to the next level. So that is something that we'll be looking at um, uh, bringing to the board um, next week for, for official adoption. And, you know, some of the big things that we're talking about is increasing student opportunities, how to invest in our staff and students, um, you know, and really some guidance on, you know, from a district facility standpoint, what what can we continue to do to provide facilities and learning environments for our kids that they deserve? It sounds like it's a framework yes. for maybe moving forward. You want to say five years in that regard? Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Just trying to get things straightened in my head here. And I think to our listeners as well. Nick, first Wednesday in February is the second of two student count days that determine the per-pupil funding from Lansing, while the first count day in October gets the lion's share of the attention because 90% of the funding is determined by that. The second count day still has some importance, even though it only has 10% of the impact. Yes, yep, and so... um and we're looking for more good news coming out of that. I know I uh, was working with our pupil accounting department the other day, and it looks like our numbers have continued to grow a little bit even since the fall count. And um, I know we had a conversation, well, early in the fall, um, we were projected by a third-party firm that comes in and does it. Of We were projected to lose 65 students in the fall. Um, we ended up, I by the time the dust settled and, you know, go through and all the FTE of kids and everything, we were, I think it was officially turned in as plus 44 as we're looking at it. Um, we're at right now, when I checked the other day, it was plus 65. Um, so we are predicted to be down that much. And that, so that's a big turnaround over the last couple of years. Um, two years ago, we were predicted to be down 166. We cut it in half. We were down 83. And so we're starting to see our, our numbers grow and, and instabilize, and that's really what we want because we're in we're in a kind of a sweet spot right now with uh, just under three thousand kids. That um, and what this does is not only the per pupil allowance, which that's huge when it's tied to funding, but more than anything, it it gives us the ability to plan for stability and um, to be able to tell my staff right now we're planning on the same number of sections in each of our in each of our grades and not blowing up schedules, not moving people around to different grade levels is, is pretty huge for our staff. You mentioned plus 65. Is that compared to a year ago at this time or compared to the numbers that were counting back this past October? So that is compared to where we were last year. Okay. Comparing, I just want so to make sure. Comparing last year to here um, because uh, projections were down that we would be down 65 compared to last year. We're actually up 65 okay, right so now. It's so compared to. Yep, so not only beating projections, but also beating where we were last year. How much on average does a district usually lose or gain in students from October to February. It is different for every school that um, that comes in where, um, you know, every school has different challenges and things like this. One of the things that's different with Holland is 
Um, you know, I mean, this is probably one of the most competitive education markets that I've ever seen. You know, we have, you know, upwards of eight charter schools in this. We have parochial schools. We have school of choice between around here. So a lot of those different factors come in. Um, and, uh, you know, housing, the housing market plays into that. So all of those different things can come in to impact uh, numbers coming in uh, throughout the year. So um, some schools are very stable and don't move at all. I would say in this area, um, the greater Holland area, there's there seems to be a little bit more movement than I've seen other in other places. Two more things I want to bring up with Nick Cassidy before he leaves us for this month. First of all, Power H Awards time. Not for awarding it, but for nominating it. Yeah, so this is open on our website, and I encourage anybody who's listening has a vested interest in what's going on in Holland or even knows some great stories of people who've gone above and beyond for Maybe it's a grandkid or, you know, a family member. Um, take the time to fill out a nomination form. It only takes a couple seconds. Um, and we have expanded this program from where it was last year. Um, we had a couple donors that really want to support us in acknowledging and celebrating the great work that our staff is doing. So we have a couple different awards this year, the Impact Award, um, the Power H Impact Award, which will be for um, building specific. And we will have three finalists come from each of the buildings. So that's 18 people. Um, and then it will go through um, overall building winners and then uh, choosing an overall district winner by the uh, by early spring or I guess late spring, early summer. Um, also a rookie of the year award that, um, for newcomers coming into Holland this year. So, um, and then support staff, which would include transportation, maintenance, administration, someone that's not necessarily building specific. Um, and then a new thing that we've started this year too, is we really want to engage our alumni in, and, uh, um, taking, uh, nominations for distinguished alumni of, you know, people who really are positive promoters of Holland and have helped and worked with us to create more opportunities for kids. So, um, please take the time to go on. It only takes a couple seconds. And, um, I'd say one of the most important things when you do those nominations, tell the story. I mean, that's what we really want to get out of this too, is to be able to share the stories of the great things that our staff is doing, that we can share that with the community and everyone else. The other thing I want to bring up, teachers live here. How we, How's the program going right now? Yeah, so we uh, we just had another approval of uh, someone last month um, come in, um, uh, an elementary teacher. And also it's kind of a two-for-one because uh, her husband works for the district as well as a counselor. And so they're just, uh, you know, in the process of shopping for homes now in Holland, which is which is a pretty, pretty tough task. But um, at this point, I believe we're at nine teachers who have been awarded the grant, um, no, 10, Six of them have bought homes in in right in our city limits of Holland. Um, um, many of them can walk to their own schools, which is how this was designed. Three have been um, just outside of our attendance zones, but we also know how tough it is to find a home in Holland right now. So we still have, I think we still have nine grants available for this year, um, and I know we have a, an applicant for next week. But and that is for between now and June thirtieth, we still have nine grants that are twenty five thousand seven hundred apiece. And if teachers buy now um, within the city limits of Holland or within the four nine four two three, this program will also help support closing costs as well. For more information about what's going on in Holland Public Schools. We encourage you to check the website, hollandpublicschools.org. That is hollandpublicschools.org. Nick Cassidy, as always, thank you very much for 
getting us caught to speed with some of the things going on in the district and what goes into calling for a snow day. Wish you and everybody at the district well. And if all goes well, we'll do this again in February. Thank you, sir. Sounds good. Thanks, Gary. Thank you very much, Nick Cassidy on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC. CBS News with Deborah Rodriguez straight ahead, followed by WHTC News. And then the Master Gardener, Jan Musen, will be joining us for the Yard and Garden Hour. She is with the Brine Seed. Get your questions ready at 616-395-1450. We'll also have Brian Spencer's What's New Round Howlin' next hour on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.